Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 36 for Friday, July 3rd, 2020. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Happy 4th of July weekend, everyone, and thanks for joining me here on Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Cinturpino. I'm coming to you a couple of days early this week as we're going to be heading down to Pennsylvania for the 4th to visit my mom and family. It's been a while since we were there, and we feel safe enough to travel this weekend. But today is a special episode. Last year, right after I started Scuba Shack Radio, I did a little segment on our trip to Key Largo and talked about the fish identification and survey work we did with Reef. That is where I met Amy Lee. Last week, Amy and I caught up and we recorded this episode of Scuba Shack Radio. Amy is Reef's Engagement and Communications Manager. As such, she she oversees the Reef field survey trips and leads communication and outreach efforts for Reef. Amy is a seasoned fish surveyor, teaches fish and R's, leads Reef field survey trips, and she's a proud alumnus of the University of South Carolina, where she has two degrees in public relations and marine science. Amy has been with Reef since 2014. Amy is also the 2019 recipient of the DEMA Wavemaker Award. And if that's not enough, she also is a contributing writer for Alert Diver magazine, published by Divers Alert Network. So I'm still working out some of the technical bugs with my audio. The good news is on this interview, Amy is loud and clear. Sorry about some of the scratchy, uneven audio on my side. So here we go with my interview with Amy Lee. Today, I'm here with a very special guest, Amy Lee from Reef, the Reef Environmental Education Foundation in Key Largo. And uh, Amy has agreed to come on Scuba Shack Radio and talk a little bit about things going on down at Reef. So welcome, Amy, to uh, Scuba Shack Radio. Oh, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's been been a while since we were able to connect up. Uh, you know, last <laughs> year, it seems like so long ago, 2019, when we were down in Key Largo for our trip. But uh, So, how have you been holding up through this uh, pandemic? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It feels like there aren't really bad days and good days. There are you know, maybe bad hours and good hours. That's how quickly it feels like things change. Um, you know, personally, I, I've i been doing all right. I'm okay with, you know, the, the quarantine thing. I'm a big reader, so I've been doing a lot of that. Um, from a work standpoint, it has been a little bit challenging to 
you know, have to adjust all of our programs with our field survey trips and education programs and so many events that we do having been disrupted because, you know, that's really the rewarding and gratifying part of um, all of the work coming together and to have to figure out what we're doing and how we're adapting. It's it's an ongoing challenge, but um, we have a great team and everybody has really risen to that challenge. So um, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else okay. right now. <laughs> so okay, it's, yeah. So yeah. We're, all, we're all kind of adjusting and, and, and doing things that we never thought we, we'd uh, have to do, uh, given all the lockdowns and stuff. But but Amy, before, before we start talking a little bit more about Reef in particular, uh, I want to just uh, talk a little bit about your background. You know, it, it's pretty interesting. I, I see from the, uh, the Reef website, your, your bio out there uh, talks about you having a, a double major from uh, University of South Carolina in both public relations and marine biology. So uh, can you give us a little insight? How'd you put those two things together? <laughs> yeah, so um, it's funny. I really wasn't sure if it was going to work at first. Um, I actually, I didn't complete my degrees at the same time. I started out as just a public relations major in the School of Journalism and Mass Communications. And I had some college credits coming in. And around my junior year, I started taking some lab science courses like chemistry and physics. So things that you would need as a marine science major, because I was kind of thinking, you know, maybe I can do a minor in marine science. Maybe I can incorporate this in some way. But then that sense of urgency to start my real life kind of sunk in. And I just decided that I should complete my PR degree, um, get some internship experience in communications, and then focus on getting a job in that field. So that's what I did. I graduated with my degree in uh, PR in 2012 and then worked for a little while and just felt kind of unfulfilled. So I... Um, Less than a couple months after graduating, actually, it didn't take very long for me to realize that I did want to go back to school and do marine science. So I reapplied to South Carolina. At that point, I had, I had established uh, in-state residency. So um, reapplied, was admitted, and uh, continued working towards a degree in marine science. Luckily, I had built up some credits because um, I had started going into those lab sciences as a journalism major. Um, so I completed the marine science degree in about a year and a half. So I really doubled down on, um, course loads okay, for those so couple semesters. Things, yeah. And during that time I came across, um, reef and decided that I really wanted to focus on getting experience as a marine science undergrad that would make me a strong candidate for the reef internship. Okay. Perfect. Okay, good. Yeah, so you said you established a residency in South Carolina, so that was one of right. my questions. Were you originally from South Carolina? <laughs> no, I am not. I So my family is Canadian. Um, I was born in Newfoundland, wow. Canada, wow. and uh, was raised in Pennsylvania, really small town. Oh, and yeah. Whereabouts in Pennsylvania, because that's where I hail from. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, so it's a small town called Dubois. It's... Um, in uh, west central Pennsylvania, about 90 miles northeast of Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. So in the western part, yeah. Mm -hmm. From the eastern part, just outside okay. Philadelphia. <laughs> it's kind of like two separate states. Yeah, it tends to be either Philly or Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay, so you, you were from, your family moved to uh, Pennsylvania, and, mm -hmm. and then how'd you end up in South Carolina? 
So uh, I had a friend at the time who lived in North Carolina, so I was kind of inspired to apply to some schools in the Carolinas. Um, I actually applied to both South Carolina and Clemson, who are um, bitter rivals, and was admitted to both of them. So I am firmly on the Gamecock side of things okay, now. <laughs> um, and it was it was funny. I had never been to the state of South Carolina before I took a tour at the university, but I fell in love with the campus. I was I was just so excited. I saw myself there. Um, really happy that I ended up going there because, um, you know, through a serendipitous turn of events, I had did end up going back to school to do the marine science degree, and they have a really excellent marine science program. And I would I would do it all over again. South Carolina, it didn't take very long for it to start feeling like home to me, and um, it's always going to have a special place in my heart. So I really loved my time at the University of South Carolina. Great, great. So, so while you were so while you were doing your marine biology or marine science degree, that that's when you hooked up with Reef the first time. Um, that's when I came across Reef. Um, I was really interested in learning more about invasive lionfish and potentially doing um, some sort of internship that supported um, education and outreach in the way of invasive species. And that's how I came across Reef. It was actually, um, I was on a dive trip during spring break with um, a friend of mine and we were in Roatan. And um, I was not a reef surveyor at the time, unfortunately, but um, I came across the lionfish cookbook and uh, that was how I discovered reef. And I was like, this looks like such a cool, this, everything this organization is doing looks like things that I want to be involved in. So I saved the information and when I was graduating, I applied to the reef internship. Okay. So the, the, you got your reef, uh, you became a reef intern. When did you uh, do that? Um, I came in as a reef intern in the fall of 2014. Okay, 2014. Okay, so so you were an intern. What did they have you doing as an intern? (laughs) Oh, anything and everything. (laughs) Yeah, no, our internship program is a fantastic way to get experience in so many different facets of marine conservation. Um, You know, one day it might be more office oriented and you might be doing a lot of behind the scenes things to learn how to keep, uh, how to figure out how a nonprofit operates and really understanding, um, you know, what goes on to maintain the pulse of the organization. And then other days you might be out in the field on a dive boat, interacting with the public, telling them about why the work we're doing is important. You might be tabling at an outreach event. Um, You might be conducting one of our events like uh, lionfish derbies. So there was a lot of things that I was involved in as an intern. Um, A couple of fun things that stand out to me were uh, we had several lionfish derbies organized during my internship semester. So I got to participate and um, attend those and you know, whether that's helping with measuring the lionfish, um, standing, you know, at an outreach booth, answering questions with the pu- uh, with the public and interacting in that way, um, just kind of helping direct the flow of the event. So it was um, a lot of really great experience okay. as an intern. Yeah. yeah, good. So you said you, you, you came across Reef on a dive trip. When, when did you start diving? I started diving in college, actually. Um, I I wanted to be a diver when I was younger, but just growing up in Pennsylvania, and neither of, none of my parents dived, so um, I it felt I, it felt very far removed from my life at the time. Okay. Um, so we had a um, diving elective you can take in college. So I did that, and that's when I got my open water certification. It was in um, a 
lake in the middle of South Carolina. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not not quite the tropics or anything. Nope. <laughs> okay, so 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 after you did your internship, did you go right to work for for Reef after that? Um, yes. So actually, what happened was. Um, in the fall, I interned, and then my marine conservation internship wrapped up in December of 2014. Um, but I was offered an opportunity to extend my internship by returning to Reef in the spring as a lead intern. Um, and basically what that meant was I would kind of serve as an intern, a mentor for the incoming marine conservation interns and um, have the opportunity to take on um, more specialized projects that were within a focus okay. of interest for me. So that was communications. So I had done a lot of um, communications related projects. So I served as a lead intern um, from January through April. Um, and about halfway through my lead internship, uh, the my first job at Reef um, kind of came about as an opportunity. So I transitioned straight from being a lead intern into staff. Okay, perfect. That's that's really cool. So now your current role is engagement and communications manager. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, definitely. So my role is uh, a link between all of Reef's different audiences, whether it's surveyors, donors, uh, the general public. Um, so my role is kind of intersectional across all the programs in the way that I will work with our program staff and leadership team to um, seek out engagement opportunities that relate to each program and figuring out how we can um, communicate the information about our programs to those different audiences using um, you know, various forms of digital media, marketing, um, variety of different strategies. And um, I do continue to oversee our field survey TRIPS program. Okay. My first job at Reef was TRIPS program manager, so um, just more of a focus on the program as a whole because we had just brought it in-house recently. Um, but now I, I do oversee the field survey TRIPS program um, as well, but we are sort of moving into um, more overall organizational engagement with my current role. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, so yeah, you touched on those reef survey trips, and those things look pretty cool. Um, can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our field survey trips are, first of all, they're open to anybody, uh, regardless of whether or not you've done a reef survey before. Um, so the purpose of the trips is for divers and snorkelers to um, attend with a group of like-minded people who you know care about the ocean and conservation and um, just want to do something more when they're in the water. So on the trips uh, we have you know daily dives and then each uh, evening there's a fish eddy class that is taught by um, the trip leader who is an expert surveyor. Okay. And we operate the trips all over the world so um, we teach people how to conduct the surveys if they've never done them before and then each day we will do a lesson on the fish that they're seeing on their dives so then they can build their knowledge and um, you know take a more impactful survey and then at the end of the trip everybody will enter their survey data and we'll process all of the data as a batch so that we can generate a report of um, the information the fish seen throughout that specific trip Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. I, yeah, I know uh, you taught us how to do those surveys, and boy, 
they're not that easy to do. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on. That yeah, to it is. It can certainly be overwhelming starting out. So we try to keep that in mind. And um, it's it can be interesting when we have a group of people who, um, you know, run the gamut of experience levels from having done hundreds or sometimes even thousands of surveys to um, how, just having done a handful or maybe having never surveyed at all. But that's one of the coolest dynamics of being on a reef trip is because everybody's really engaged in this project, you get a lot of, um, you know, it's rare to hear a conversation over a meal that doesn't involve talking about what fish people saw on their dives. And um, I've seen a lot of, you know, experts take beginners under their wing and really teach them some of the tricks of the trade. So that's a really cool experience that um, you get by attending one of our field survey trips. They, they tend to fill up pretty quick. Yes, yeah, especially um, the ones that we host on liveaboards just because the capacity is more limited. So we do have um, some trips that tend to be pretty popular. Yes. So, so um, how many of these trips have you personally led? Um, so I have led eight trips so far. Um, I've led trips throughout the Caribbean, tropical, um, Pacific, and um, Eastern Pacific. And I've also had the opportunity to participate in a handful of other trips just um, as staff support. Um, so some of my favorite destinations that I have either led or attended trips have been um, Bonaire in the Caribbean, okay. as well as Palau and the Solomon Islands in the Indo-Pacific. And then my all-time favorite dive destination is the Sea of Cortez. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. How come? Oh, it's just I could I could fill a whole um, Scuba Shack radio episode <laughs> talking about how much yeah. I love Baja. <laughs> Maybe we'll have um, you come back and we'll do one. I, yeah, no, I would be happy to, yeah, but sorry. I guess the... Oh, go ahead. No, it's, um, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because I do a segment called Your Next Dive. So, um, you know, maybe we'll have you on to do that one as well. Yeah, that sounds like fun. But yeah, I love Baja just because the the marine life is amazing. It's not the most diverse place on earth, but the it's kind of a quality over quantity kind of thing because they have species there that are endemic. So you wouldn't find them anywhere else in the world. Um, the fish are just so interesting. They have um, several species that are um, what they call giants. So they have a giant jawfish, which is about the circumference of a softball and it's several feet long. So if you're used to diving in the Caribbean with the little yellowhead jawfish, seeing the giant jawfish is really, really fascinating. And then, you know, of course, the mammals and invertebrates from the humble squid to the pilot whales to the uh, whale sharks, which not a mammal, but still, you know, cool to swim beside something sure. so big. And yeah, it's, it's just an amazing place. So how did you get so knowledgeable about identifying? You were fluttering around that reef identifying things. <laughs> Um, I sleep with a fish ID book oh, under okay. my pillow. Everybody <laughs> should try that. <laughs> um, no, but for real, there, uh, there, so a couple of things. Um, first is I did a lot of self-study using, um, you know, reference guides and books and supplemented that with reefs educational materials like our fishinars, which are our webinars about marine life. And um, I also use the reef database a lot. So I would go online and pull reports in our database to look at what things were being reported on the dive sites that I was diving frequently and kind of zeroing in on the stuff that I wasn't reporting personally so that I could know what I needed to focus on. 
And so, yeah, a lot of self-study was the first thing. And that even continues today because every time you get in the water, there's an opportunity to learn something. So, you know, instead of watching the fish seminars now, I'm teaching them, but that's still a learning opportunity in itself. And then in addition to reading those reference guides, I will consult scientific papers or exchange emails with taxonomists so that I can stay up to date with any new discoveries in the field. So what I've been doing is that I've been using the, uh, the tropical Western Atlantic uh, Facebook group to help me identify things. I put stuff out there and get get people to let me know what I'm what I'm finding in some of my photos. Yes, that's an excellent resource too, and it's you know it's so interactive, and you can hear different um, perspectives and. Um, just ways that people, like ID clues that people use. It's it's such a great resource. And, you know, when I was starting out as a new surveyor, I was really fortunate to dive with many experts who were really generous with their knowledge, and that helped me immensely. So um, even if you can't be in the water alongside an expert, um, having the opportunity to interact with them on a platform like the Facebook groups is really beneficial. Yeah, very cool. So a lot going on there with these survey trips and databases, fish and R's. I've been uh, doing some of the fish jeopardy at, uh, that they've been running, and uh, I'm not that good at it. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, one of the things, um, Amy, uh, that, that happened uh, late last year for you is you were uh, the 2019 DEMA Wavemaker Award winner. So that's congratulations on that. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank you. So the 2019 DEMA Wavemaker, it recognizes uh, folks who are uh, people who are working in the industry and contributing in, and uh, to the industry. So what did that mean to you to be recognized as, as the Wavemaker? Uh, well, um, it was amazing. Even to have been nominated by a colleague of mine and then selected as a finalist amongst all of these other deserving people was it just it was so amazing um i didn't actually know that i was the recipient of the award until um tom ingram the president of dema announced it at the awards banquet so um that was both exciting and nerve-wracking because then i had to get up and give a speech <laughs> um so i had preemptively prepared something just in case because i didn't want to get up there and completely just well, blank like, out. Yeah, it ended up it ended up going just fine. Um, but it was it was just such a wonderful feeling because I've wanted to work in marine conservation since I was a little kid. You know, I had those coffee table books of marine life photography and would look at them all the time, thinking, I hope one day when I grow up, I can see these animals and learn about them and be a diver. So, you know, having the opportunity to be part of the dive industry now is something that I've always wanted. So it was a very meaningful thing for me. And I really appreciate that DEMA is fostering an atmosphere that allows newcomers to to the industry to feel as though that they have a seat at the table. So I really look forward to continuing to engage with the dive community. And I was really inspired to be a driving force for the future success of the industry. Yeah, we were. I, I was. I was pretty excited when I when I got the uh, the ballot in the mail here from Dima about you know and, and all the, uh, the the nominees and I'm like, hey, I know that. I know Amy. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So, uh, so congratulations on that. It was well-deserved. Uh, you are making a difference out there. So we're, we're getting Thank close to, to wrapping up here. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been kind of sequestered. We didn't get down to Key Largo in April like we hoped to this year. We're going to try to get back down there, uh, depending on how travel goes. But um, are, are you going to be traveling again anytime soon? Well, you know, it depends, but I, I sure hope so. Um, my next trip that is on my calendar that is actually not a reef trip, um, but I am planning to survey on it if I am able to go, is um, in Baja, in the Sea of Cortez. And um, it's a one-way crossing trip, so it starts in the northern Sea of Cortez and ends in the southern. And one of the reasons that's really fascinating is because there's different species of fish found in different parts of the um, Sea of Cortez. So I've never dived Southern Baja and really hoping that I get the opportunity to do that later this year. Hopefully um, things are at a point where I'll be able to travel there. But that's the next trip on my calendar, so I'm keeping my fingers okay. crossed. So yeah, well, maybe we'll get you on to talk a little bit about, uh, about that down the line so you can tell us all about it if it happens. Hopefully it will. Um, so besides that, uh, any place you haven't been to yet that you're really hoping to get to? Oh my goodness, yes. Uh, plenty of places. Um, top of my list is Papua New Guinea. Okay. Um, would also love to dive the Galapagos. And the west coast of the U.S. I've done a few dives off the coast of California, but I'd like to do more diving there in the kelp forests or the Pacific Northwest area. Um, they have some amazing fish and invertebrates out there. And, you know, we've got a contingent of surveyors on the West Coast that are so passionate and so active and so knowledgeable. And I'd really like to go over uh, to the West Coast and um, engage with that community of reef surveyors a little bit. Yeah, um, a little bit, a little bit cooler over there. To yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely not Key Largo weather. <laughs> well, have you been in the water lately? I have actually. I have been lucky to um, enjoy a couple dives this month. Um, I was in the water this past weekend, and it was lovely. Oh yeah. Well, it's get uh, the weather's starting to get really nice down there. With nice yeah. Flat, calm seas. Mm -hmm. This is the best time of year for yeah. Florida Keys diving. So I hope you guys are able to make it down soon. Well, we're we're trying to. Uh, we're we're going to try to get down there maybe later this year. We'll see about that. But uh, for me, I haven't been in the water for a while, and uh, I think this weekend I'm supposed to be teaching a dry suit class. But uh, you know, that that's that's northeast diving for you. <laughs> we're dry suit all year round. But uh, and anyway, uh, you know, it, it's been really great coming. You know, having you on the show. But uh, I did want to. I did want to end up and ask you one final question. Uh, how, how's Pinecone doing? Oh, Pinecone. Oh, Pinecone's good. He's he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Again, I could talk forever about Pinecone. Um, he's a miniature pincher. Okay. So he's about 16 or 17 pounds, not all that big, um, but he's a rescue. I adopted him from the SPCA in Lakeland, Florida, okay. and I've had him for a couple years, and he's my shadow. He is. Yeah, he's sitting. He's sitting beside me right now. I'm. I'm lucky that I. Um, my office is dog friendly, so he comes to work with me. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Great. Well, you know. So, Amy, 
it has been really great having you come on Scuba Shack Radio to talk to me today about all the things that, that are going on, on at Reef, uh, your background, and then hopefully we'll have you on down the line to talk a little bit about uh, some of your dive destinations. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. I'd love to come back and always happy to um, be on the Scuba Shack Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Well, uh, that, that'll wrap it up for today. Um, thanks again. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our chat. It was really great to catch up with Amy. I'm really looking forward to hearing about her adventure to the Sea of Cortez. Hopefully that will happen. Again, I apologize for some of the uh, roughness on the audio. That was on my end. I've got to figure that out over time. Again, I want to thank you for uh, tuning in, and I'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks with another episode of Scuba Shack Radio. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.